Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to a double bill, really. We've got a two different sort of shows to get you through your quarantine this week. First of all, we are going to have a Remember the, Remember the Name section, where we are going to look back on the career of Diniar Billy Aleptinov at Everton, which is bound to be a bit of an interesting conversation. And the second segment of today's show is going to be... Uh, little look back through the great kits of Everton over the years. And for you lucky listeners on the podcast, at the end, we're going to have another If You Know Your History quiz. But first things first, how are we doing? We've got Max Carlisle and Terry McAllister to join me. How are you guys? Evening, gents. All right, fellas, you okay? Yeah, I've been worse. I'm just getting a bit stir-crazy now. I'm running out of things to watch. So, uh what have you guys been watching? I've um, honestly stuff I've already told I've already told you about. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we've gone over Tiger King. We've gone over um, well, not quite gone over something until I die. I've um, I've watched from pretty much start to beginning um, Parks and Recreation. And um, I've always I've seen a couple of seasons of it before, but um, I'd never followed through with it. Like liked it and. Now I've just stuck with it and I'm, I'm really enjoying it, but it's, uh, it's hardly new or worth uh, <laughs> worth telling you about because just a sitcom. It's just funny. I enjoyed it. How about you? I think for me, it's been I've been starting on The Stranger. I haven't actually seen that yet, so saw my first episode this morning, and it was one of them. I've been quite busy today, so I've only managed to get round to one. So maybe later on tonight, I'll binge a couple of them. But I've heard a lot of good reviews about it, so I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that. What about you, Max? Uh, over these last couple of days, I've well, I've just made a start on Narcos Mexico Season 2, so polished Season 1 over the last couple of days. And just before that, off uh, Terry's recommendation, I watched the Amazon All or Nothing Brazil National Team documentary during the uh, 2019 Copa America's featuring our boy Richie to an absolute bit at the end. Um Love absolutely it. absolutely brilliant documentary the way it was been a, the way it was put together. I mean if you've seen Manchester City all or not and then you you pretty much know what to expect but the way it sort of captures the Brazilian culture, the football culture in Brazil, I should say it just I think it's just you know, nowhere else on the world is, is quite like it. And um uh, yeah, I don't know if you know, but I put a little clip up at the end of when Richie scores that penalty in the final, and he retweeted it, and I've had my phone blowing up for the last couple of days of just Brazilian people. Um, so yeah, certainly very passionate about the football. Yeah, I think that the Brazilians are something else when it comes to the football, and like you say, I think it can only do us a favour having some someone like that, like Richarlison, just also introducing the club to Brazil and introducing Brazil to the club. Are you talking about me? We had Joe. Oh, yeah, of course. National treasure. <laughs> we, we had Juliano Rodrigo before any of that. Mm-hmm. I want more Brazilians after watching that. I mean, you, you, if you watch it, you see um, Richarlison and David Neres are like the young the young kids. <laughs> like they're, they're the ones who were introduced to the national team properly in that tournament. And the two of them are like playing like, you know, 
tricks and pranks on him. Oh, what's the oh, what's Edison. the man's keeper's name? Edison. Edison. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say I was got stuck on Claudio Bravo, but it wasn't him. Yeah, the playing tricks on Edison, and it just makes me want to have a Neres on Everton all the mm. like even more than it is anyway. Just just get all the young Brazilians in, and just make just make us the Samba Blues properly. <laughs> Honestly, God, I think I can't think of much things better than to be honest. But we you know Carlo Ancelotti has a bit of a track record of bringing in Brazilians. He's always had one or two everywhere he's been. So fingers crossed he can replicate that at Everton but we're going back now to the past and we're going to be looking back on the career of Dinar Billy Lettinov what could what did you guys make it Billy Lettinov like what was your memories of when we signed them back in 2009 uh, Terry what was your opinion on Billy Lettinov well he was he, his debut was against Olympiacos wasn't it A.K. Athens I think A.K. Athens I always say that my apologies A.K. Athens um in the Europa League or the UEFA Cup as it was then I think but yeah he basically came on for his debut and he was part of like an influx of players who we bought at the back selling Jolie and Lescott so we, had, right, yeah. we, we bought in um, Distan Heitinger and Billy Letinov possibly one more I'm not sure but um, definitely those three and he was the most exciting one because he was like obviously an attacking player and um, mm. when he came in I, I think he plays him off the right Um or he moved, no, I tell a lie. I think he brought him in and put him on the left and moved Pina to the right, which I thought was strange at the time because at, at that time we were in the full swing of, you know, like Baines Pina sort of, you know, partnership. And it was, you know, it was one of the most safe, stable, safe parts of the team. But then Billy Natanov came in and he goes on to the left and he was a beast in his first game. He was whipping in corners, whipping in free kicks. And like it was apparent straight away that he was a. Um, you know, his main skill was like long distance, you know, passing long distance shooting. He um he looked great on his debut mm. and he was the he was the one player who taught me the lesson everyone has to learn and some people like myself learned the hard way is you can't trust a YouTube highlights video. Okay. Now bear in mind two thousand and nine, so it's not as commonly it wasn't as commonly known then as it is now. It's the video I watched when we before we got Billy Letton on when we linked with him. I'm telling you, it's not up on YouTube. I looked for it today, but it's it's not up anymore. But he looked like Kevin De Bruyne. Honestly, he was just a machine in the Russian league. He was everywhere. Every none of the players could live with him, but he was playing in like a number ten position. Mm. And I remember thinking at the time, going, "Well, he's not going to come in on the left because of Pinar, and he's not going to come in at number ten because of Kale, because Kale was very much established then. He was nowhere near the end of his Everton career yet." So I thought, well, maybe this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring him in and put him on the right, and he's going to cut in on his, you know, absolute rocket of a left foot, and you know, the same way Pienaar does on the other side, and we'll have like, you know, overlapping fullbacks the same way we have with Baines, and we'll have one at right back as well. Obviously, we can get into it a little bit later on about how it didn't work out like that, but I, I was dead excited for him. His, his video made him look amazing, and then when he came in for his debut, and he was just fantastic against. You know, admittedly a weaker side, a European side, but I was excited. I, I thought he was going to be absolutely quality. Well, I think it's funny you should say that because me that gives me a lot of stick over Billy Electinov because I went running to him saying, we're getting this fella, he's going to be amazing. He's like, like you say, he's going to have to wander the left foot. He's going to score some brilliant goals for us. And to be fair, he did score a couple of brilliant goals for us, but it was more, again, I, I remember seeing him 
he wasn't actually a starter, I don't think, but he made a few appearances at the Euros the year before in 2008, and Russia did really well. I think they got to the semi-finals and were knocked out by Spain. But they, they beat the Netherlands and everything, I think, at that tournament. They were really, really good. And, of course, they qualified at England's expense. So they, we knew a lot about that Russian team. And I'd seen more of Billy Electon of them probably most people had at that point. And I thought, he's going to be brilliant. And, obviously, it wasn't to be. What about you, Max? Were you aware of Billy Electon of at all before he signed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, as you say, that 2008 Russian team, like, I think, Alan Zagayev was the, the, you know, the, the sort of the star off the back of it all. But... Not too far close behind, you did have a Billy. I think we've learnt now from Umar asked that if what you see isn't what you get when it comes to sniffing players from that Russian market. But ah, I mean, everything that we say now is obviously in retrospect, and you know, we can't help but be a bit jaded. I mean, yeah, his sort of long distance game was absolutely sensational. I think it's pretty obvious. Now, as I say, looking back in retrospect, he just didn't have the physical attributes to sort of cope with the Premier League. And as you say, you know, did quite well in Europe. Uh, but yeah, he was came in as part of the good group of players. I mean, Johnny Eitinger, Sylvan Distance, so you know, a good sort of group of players that he's come in with. Was never going to be the left best left foot at the club. That was always Leighton Baines. Was never going to be the left side of midfielder at the club. That was always Stephen Pienaar. It wasn't exactly going to be the best attacker midfielder, you know, that was between Timmy Cale and, and Mikel Arteta. So he was in a sort of position where he had to come in and be, you know, outstanding straight away, which is always a pretty high bar to sort of live up to. I mean, I was I was there at Wolves away, which was the anniversary of that wasn't too long ago when we beat Wolves at the Molyneux. Um and Billy Letanov scored one of his trademark absolute screamers into the uh, top corner from about 25 yards out and I think Phil Neville went and did them one better and scored one that was like pretty much identical um, yeah I think that was in his first season and then obviously Stephen Pienaar's left gone to Tottenham which has obviously freed them up a bit more to you know press on and do more things in a blue shirt and I mean got examples of the that goal against Manchester United when we went and beat them 3-1 scored it again they all seem to be like this trademark similar goal um, and I remember a one against Portsmouth which, if I'm not wrong, was about 35, 40 yards out, which was an absolute peach. Um, but, yeah, again, while all these sort of goals are flying in once every other couple of weeks, it, he's just not really making a, uh, you know, he's not he's not making himself one of the first names on the sheet. Um, and the club sort of moved on in that time. And I mean, nice fella by all accounts. I mean, I met him, I've met him a couple of times, actually. I met him... Firstly, it was at Bohemians. We played Bohemians. You know when the London riots were going on, and we had our yeah. first we had our first game against Tottenham. I think it was away postponed, and we decided to go and play against Bohemians in uh, in Ireland. So there was, I met them there, um, and not too earlier before that, and I've still got the video on my phone. So only young as well. Um, don't even know if I was a teenager, but we played Betty. In a uh, in a preseason friendly, and someone had brought a Russian flag. I don't know why. I don't even. I don't even think he just signed for us. I think it was a couple of seasons in actually. But uh, I think you know that's fair to say it. You know, people did have high thoughts of him, and you know, thought he was a decent player. Just shame it didn't work out. Yeah, I think you made a really good point there about the situation of positions like Baines, Pina, the likes of Arteta and Kale. Like there was. It was very hard to find a place for him in the start and eleven when you had established stars in the team like that. 
it begs the question, really. Obviously, we've got a lot of money for Julian Lescott, and I just think at times he was a good player, and he was. I don't think he's as bad as some people might say, but we could have spent that nine million a lot better on someone who could have added something to the team in a position where we were weaker, maybe because Billy Letinov wasn't really the answer as a right winger. Unfortunately, it just because we have bought a proper right winger with that money, as opposed to splurging it on a granted very gifted player, but maybe the money was it was a bit of a panic buy in the wake of the Lescott sale. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I remember just at the time thinking, like, it'll come good because Moyes did not get many wrong. Mm. Like, he, he, he very, you know, he, the odd one, you can probably count on your hands in his entire spell, the amount of transfers that he brought in, which didn't come off, and, and especially ones that spent decent money on. Like, I mean, it's sad to say, I think Billy Letonov was one of the ones that counts against him alongside, you know, the Krolls up and the like. But obviously, when, when we got Lescott's money in, I just we we he did waste it. Like he brought in the like for like replacement for Lescott for a lot less money. He brought in Distan, who was almost the same profile of play, you know, like big, strong, um, left-footed centre half who can um, who had you know a decent pace to go alongside Jaggy Elka. All right, he was a few years older, but you know the shape he was in it didn't really affect him. But what we needed at the time more than anything. Was a, was a new right-back and a new right midfielder. And we brought Heitinger in, and I think people expected him to be the right-back. And then it was become very quickly apparent that he was a centre-back, and he mm. you know, probably only played a couple of games at right-back. And then Billy Aletinov comes in, and you know people assume, well, is he going to be the, the right-hand side Pinar? And he, you know, he, he, doesn't, he can't play there either. So it was like we, we bought two players for very good money at the time, especially for Everton, when... Um, you know, we weren't like, you know, flush for cash, but we bought in a, a ten million pound, nine million pound player in the same position as Stephen Pinar and then Heitinger, who was I think he was six million, five million, in the same position as Jagielka, who was another nailed on starter. So it, mm. it was either it was panic buying or it was not very well researched, you know, investments and that was just unwise like at the time, I think. And all right, the two of them, you know, pulled their weights with regards to them. They weren't complete flops. They, you know, spe- you know, particularly Heitinger did all right at Everton and, you know, did quite well at times. But it just wasn't what we needed. We needed a right back. We needed a right midfielder. And we went out and got a left back and a, cent- a left midfielder and a, and a centre back. It just didn't make sense to me. Mm. It's just bizarre when you think uh, everyone goes on and, like, with, re- with retrospect, they look back on David Moyes and, they always remember how we do, did so many scouting reports and used to take ages looking over players. And it's just bizarre that given that much research and all of a sudden we come into some money and he goes and makes those kinds of decisions. It's quite bizarre and maybe a bit of a death now, I think, for David Moyes' career at Everton because it's not often we had that kind of money to spend kicking on from the cup final the year before. We could have gone somewhere, but... He made the wrong decision. Yeah, I mean, it was was something you could definitely say against Moyes um, at his time at Everton that when he had money, he didn't buy well. When he didn't have money, he did. Like so, when he all of his two million, three million pound signings, five million, literally nearly all of them came off. You know, the Artetas, the Kales, the Pinars, you know, the Baineses, they were all great. But then when he had any money to spend, he always he bought a Billy Letonov or something yeah. like. 
If I'm not wrong as well, I think at the time when we did sign Billy, he was our third most expensive signing. I mean, you might want to chase me up on that and see if I'm wrong, but still, as you say, it's sort of feed to the point that, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be as critical. I don't think it's a stain on Moise's record per se, as I mean, you know, we were blessed with Seamus Coleman to come in and do that right midfield job not mm. too much shortly after, but 24 years, of, 24 years old at the time he signed for Everton, Billy, and I mean, you know, it, it is just one of them. There aren't too many examples of Russian players coming in and sort of making the league their own. So you can give them, you can give them a pass. Oh yeah, I definitely don't think it's like a stain against Moise. It's it, it's it's strange for its uniqueness, really, because it was so very rare that he made a, a poor buy. Yeah, it, he was he was fantastic for almost throughout his whole time at Everton. But this one just it sticks out because it was. Such an odd signing, um, you know, decent player. I, I personally think, and I think, think you've alluded to it as well, Max. That it wouldn't have been. It just might not be the right league. You know, some players just don't suit certain leagues, but they do others. And it, you know, we weren't used to that because we were used to every player, you know, signing for the first team coming off. Whereas this one might have just been a case of yeah, he's come in and he's he's been really good in other leagues, but this just is a bit too fast for him, a little bit too physical. Where mm. you know. That may have been why he never really played him in the number ten. He, you know, maybe once, twice he did, but there's a lot of people crying out for him to play there, and he never would. And I don't know whether that was because he knew, like, he can't, he wouldn't survive in the centre of a midfield in the Premier League because they're all too fast and too strong, and they'll just bully him. David Classen. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good scouts might be another. Might just another one of them where, when when it was Trevor Class and he did look, you know. Badly out of his depth, didn't he? Apart mm-hmm. from maybe in some of the European games. Yeah, decent uh, transition. I think to the the next thing we're going to go on to talk about as well. I um, remember the, we talked about this in the group chat as well, Teddy. The uh, the Reese Jones Memorial shirt that we had, the the purple shirt that got released. Uh, me and my brother both got one each. I think I I got Billy Alettenov on the back, and my brother got Yakubu. So yeah. Uh, I never snapped that kit off. That was one of the nicest kits we'd ever done. Yeah, I think for the novelty value of having Billy Alettenov on the back as well, I think I have to get him on the back of one of my shirts. Yeah, definitely. It's one of them, you've got to hope that they weren't charging by the letter. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Tell me about it. He was a, he was that might still be the longest single name player we've had. I think the likes of Calvert Lewin might beat him up, but they've got an astro- a name, a dash, so they don't count. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those. I think. I think it's what I love about when we sign players with big names like that. I just love to hear people try and pronounce them. <laughs> how how did you first pronounce his name when he arrived? Do you know what the way it is? But I, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't just like you know say it off the top of my head. I practiced it. I made sure I knew. I didn't want to come off as like I didn't know. So I I like read it phonetically and was like Billy. I let them off, and it it's. <laughs> Does just read how it says. So I picked it up quite quickly. I've not managed that with every single player with a dodgy name, but with Billy, I, I got that. And I was I was a purist for ages. I wouldn't say Billy. Don't know why. I'm just <laughs> I was like, no, Billy Alettenov. Didn't he have Billy Alettenov? And everyone else just got Billy. Yeah. I'm like, no, Billy Alettenov. <laughs> I was took it very seriously for some bizarre reason. Yeah, I'd echo that. Like Billy Alettenov, Strachwalesi. Like I'd write them all out. Yeah, I'd make sure I'd have them nailed down. Yeah, yeah. I think for me it was always a case of whatever I saw first, just like stuck in my head, and it was Bill Yaladetanov for a while. 
and then uh, eventually it, it takes you a couple of games of maybe listening to the commentary to suss it out because up until that point I'd only seen him at the Euros and on footy manager so that was all I had to run by yeah I'm um, I'm still not forgiven Moise Keane for stitching me up on his name told everyone for weeks when we were signing him his name's Moise Ken I'd heard <laughs> everyone else calling him Moise Ken all the pundits who were talking about him on yeah and anything, you know, when the racism thing in Italy uh, came up and they all referred to him as Moise Ken, and then he gets here first day in an Everton top and he goes, why would you say your name? He goes, Moise Keane. I go, oh. <laughs> Made an absolute idiot out of me to everyone I'd spoke to because they all, like, said, hang on, you told me it was, like, I thought it was right. Awesome. I, yeah. I, I love that sort of stuff, though. I think that's the beauty of, like, the age of social media where you're like, <laughs> Players can can set the so, set the story right if you like. I mean, Jack Elka's the worst. He knows his name's not Jack Elka, but he still just rats me football name. It's Jijelka or something like that, isn't it? It's, 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 it's Yagi Elka, I think. That's if you hear him say it, it's it's absolutely off off the wall. But I think he, he I think he actually said I've just accepted Jack Elka as my name in football, and my actual name is it's not even Yagi Elka, it's Yelka. Like it's it's you can't even say it easily. It's a Polish name, isn't it? Yeah, pronoun- pronouncing Polish names is probably the hardest one for me. I think Blaszczykowski. That took a while to <laughs> get get to get it with. Ah, Paul struggled with Tosin for ages. Kept calling him Tosin. Something <laughs> he <laughs> Kept connecting him, but it was wasn't like he knew. It wasn't like he was like determined that it was Tosin. He just had that quirk when he couldn't get his head around it. <laughs> yeah. They- it's one of those with, with Billy Electonov, it was just a case of like you say, I think reading it out phonetically was the the best part of it because like I I couldn't suss it out for the life of me. I was because like I say, I, fa- I found him on football manager even before those Euros, I think, and he was a beast on that by the way. So it was like I was adamant that this guy was gonna turn out to be amazing and then obviously it didn't really work out that way. He was like you say, I think he got knocked off the ball too easily and I think he he was too slow, he was, he just really wasn't, like you say, he wasn't cut out for the Premier League, but maybe, he probably would have cut the mustard in like maybe a Serie A or a slower league, perhaps. Yeah, probably. It's, uh, we'll never know, but I've got fond memories of him anyway, I just think it was the wrong, wrong league, wrong club for him, I think he, um, he wanted to do well, but he just wanted too much time on the ball. So it's, uh, Max has got it in one, He's, he was the, an earlier version of Klassan. Like, he had the talent and it, you know, it just didn't work out for him. So, what would you say? Just unfulfilled potential or...? Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult way to describe Billy Eknoff because it was clear that he could deliver because he scored those screamers we were talking about. But... Yeah, he did, he, he did it some, uh, some thunderbolts, didn't he? Yeah, I think perhaps it was just a case of wrong league... Wrong time, maybe. Wrong club as well, maybe. Certainly didn't really fit into this side, like you say, full of established first team. It was always going to be a big ask for him. And I think you can all say he did all right and he gave us a few fond memories with those goals. But Billy Letanov obviously moved on in 2012. to He went to that Andy Makacha. There's a name I can't pronounce. <laughs> Makacha Kala. Or whatever he went, he went there. I think and Anzi will do. Anzi, yeah. Uh, I used to love that. That was that was my favourite one. Trying to pronounce that actually when they first burst onto the sea. 
they came and went as well, similar to Billy Lettinov did at Everton, really. Like, as a club hands, he just came and went, didn't he? Yeah. Maybe it's just the story of Russian enigmas. <laughs> We've got another one. Um, oh, no, it's not. He's Uzbek. It's a lie. I don't take that back. It's not Russian, is he? But it's, oh, uh, Ali, Ali Usmanov. Yeah. Sorry, Alasher. Just called you Russian and you're Uzbek. My mistake. Well, let's hope, he, let's hope he shows up and stays for a bit longer than two and a half years. Hope he's not a, a two-year two year spell. Well, let's hope he uh, delivers. <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. That's the Remember the Name section of the show done. <laughs> Where we are going to be looking back on Everton Kits past and present. We've got Max and Terry with me again to look over it, and these two are really excited about this show, really looking forward to delve into the archives and look back on their favourite Everton kit. So, first things first, Max, what's your favourite Everton kit of all time? Right, my... Like, I, I have a season that takes the crown for Everton kits, in, in my personal opinion, and it might just be, as, as I say, subjective attachment, because... And we did do bloody well this season. I think we finished fifth, and it was the season where we got to the FA Cup final. Uh, the home kit was fantastic. We obviously beat Liverpool, uh, not Liverpool, at the FA Cup in it. Uh, and then the away and the third kit followed a similar template, if you will. So, like, you know, same collars, same sleeves, but white and navy for the away kit, and then a sort of a fluorescent green, or however you want to call it, for the third. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And it had, like, inscribed on the inside of the shirt, so you obviously couldn't see it, but on, like, the, the bottom rim of the shirt, it had, if you know your history, as, like, a little subjective touch. And I don't think you get that all too often, any, any of these days, anyway, with uh, with your partnerships with certain uh, sportswear manufacturers. So, yeah, 2008, 2009, if you look them kits up, I think they are absolutely beautiful. Go on, Teddy. What have we got? <laughs> well... I'll start with my favourite home kit, and it's no surprise because anyone who what you know listens to us or follows me on Twitter, I always, always throw this in whenever anyone does any kit-related conversation. And it's the um, 2014-15 shirt, which was mm. the first one with the current badge. The second year of Roberto Martinez when we went back into Europe, first one with Umbro. So it was the one with the navy socks, basically. Just think that's the perfect African kit for me. Um, perfect seven home kids anyway. Um, from the, the I like the granddad collar. I always like granddad collars on kids. So. The material was dead nice as well, wasn't it? Material was dead yeah. nice. New badge looked amazing. The tone of blue with the sort of uh, like dark, the, it had sort of like a navy. I don't want to say pinstripe, but it was um, like a horizontal, like you know, sort of texture and stripe going through mm. it. Um, obviously the navy socks, the white shorts, it just made us look class. I've I've pined for a kit like that ever since. And to be honest, I wasn't excited to have Umbro back at the time because you know, whilst the season before we had that shambles of a badge and the night kits obviously weren't as good as they went on to be after we'd left them. Sod's law, Everton. Uh, um, <laughs> when we when I saw that kit, I was just like, that's silly good. Like yeah. I. I'm, I don't care who's made it. That Umbro smashed it there. Let me raise this to you. One of the main critiques from from fans and me as well from from those, from those batch of Umbro kits, they made the strange decision, in my opinion, to have Umbro branded on the sleeve. 
So just in text, no logo, just Umbro written on the sleeve. Which, That's right, yeah. As 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 we say, as a football purist, that is is kind of off-putting to me. Did that not defer your your admiration for this kit in any way? No, it didn't no. bother me. That it's, um, I can see, I can understand why why it would bother you. But like for me, that I I don't mind stuff like that. Like even even some funky brands when they've got you know. I, you know, symmetric. I like symmetry, mate. So if it's got like symmetrical, nice, tidy logos down the arms, like the Kappa kits do this, mm. I don't mind that. I think that looks good. What I don't like is something that Umbro did, you know, back in the era where you were talking about forward the 2009 kit, which I did have and I still quite like. But do you remember when Umbro had the um, that their logo that was too high? It was like it was up on the shoulder, but the badge was on the the breast. Yeah, I had. I hated that because it was just no symmetry and the umbro was just the stretched out diamonds. It wasn't like the small one we've got now. But no, I didn't mind that the umbro's on the sleeves. I wouldn't have, um, you know, it, it might not have looked good if we had a sleeve sponsor at the time because it would have just been more text, wouldn't it? But we didn't. So it was just the Premier League or, you know, what have you, the Europa League badges on the arms. It didn't yeah, bother me. It, it, it beats Angry Birds, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> True, but uh, no, I know exactly what you mean because it was just the lettering umbro, wasn't it? Obviously, mm. and and no, I, I, that personally didn't bother me because it was symmetrical. If you only had it on one, I wouldn't have liked it, but it didn't matter. Okay, what about you, James? Come on, lad. What are your favourite kids? Bit of a mad one. This uh, we've gone for two different eras of umbro so far, and I'm going to go back to another era of umbro in the late nineties. I'm going to go for the 99-2000 home kit. We only had it for one season, but it was an absolute belter of a kit. If you's, if anyone wants to go and look back at that one, it was the kit we wore when we last won at Anfield, which tells you about how long we're looking was back. Was it one-to-one? It was one of the kits with one-to-one on, but it was like the only decent home kit with one-to-one on. Oh, yeah, I know the one. Yeah. It, 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 had, it had the Umbro stripes on the shoulder, a bit like the one we had... Um, not this season, the season before, where we had like the sort of umbro, stri- umbro diamonds in a white stripe, but it was over the shoulders. It was a really good kit, and I think that was a throw a throwback to the sort of '82 kit we had, where we also had the umbro diamonds on like a stripe on the shoulder. It was a just a really nice little trim, I thought, and it was a very other than the umbro stripes on the shoulder. I thought it was a very like back to basics kit and I like that I, I don't like too much puha over the kit so if you if it's blue and it like less is more sometimes I think yeah 100% I, I think to sort of sum that up as a whole honestly if, you, if I was to give you like looking back at our entire history my favourite Everton kit ever it'd be the kits from the 60s where it's just blue shirts white round collar um, white shorts and then it'd be a toss-up between blue and white socks. Um, I think there's a, a brilliant qu- quote from Harry Catrick saying that, you know, they'll know who we are whatever, and we turn off in blue shirts, white socks, uh, white shorts, and what have you. So they always sort of stood out to me, seeing, you know, Alex Young, Brian LeBone, that group of players just stood out for a mile. And I think we a conversation we were having off-camera before we started recording is that, like, some teams now sort of have... A, a prestige aside given with the you know the the kit that they produce. I think Barcelona is obviously like the prime example of that now is like the the famous stripes. Um 
but there's that sort of quality associated with the kit of a team. And I think when I look back to that 60s era and I see that kit, it just stands out to me always. Yeah, no, I understand that. Like the, I like the the strict back sort of like old school looking ones. What are we um? What are we chatting on away kits then? We've all said a home kit. Now what what do we reckon for away kits and thing kits? Right, okay. Mm. Let Max go first again. I was a massive fan of was was it the first season that Nike come in the Nike partnership with Nike when we had the all black strip. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I as I've said, I felt quite let down by the home strip that year because it was very you know template basic, uh, the really weird cuff sleeves which were sound if you got it long sleeve could it just wrap around your ankle but it was just unnecessarily fat when you went short sleeve and I think like every other standard Nike club so I think like Hanover or Mainz you know they'd have the exact same but in red but when it comes to the uh, the away kit. Nike absolutely knocked it out the park. We had a, an all-black collared strip, which was a lovely material, uh, just illuminated with yellow. So, like, the, the, the features were, um, were yellow. And interestingly enough, so that season, it was a sort of me and me, me peak Everton fanboyism. I got, obviously, I was one to get names on the back of shirts every year. And that year, on the home kit, I got Yelovich. On the away kit, which is the black one, I got Heitinger. And the one after that, I got Fellaini. All immediately that season went down the shitter or got sold. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I had the black one. I think the black one was the only one I bought that season. And I had Yelovich on the back. <sighs> Lovely kit. It was Yelovich year, I think it was, wasn't it? Like When he came in and just, just, just took the piss. They were, they were the Lecoq Sportif kit. They were dead nice as well, I thought. They were for Lecoq Sportif last offering. I think we had the, like a yellow away strip. That was lovely as well. That was and brilliant. The, uh, oh, do you remember the cream polo? Like the cream polo with the collar. We knocked yeah. Chelsea out the FA Cup in them and had the hoop socks. That year was just the best for Lecoq Sportif for me uh, because we had the, the dead plain um, home shirt, which had not, which just was just all blue and had like a sort of thing across the chest, but that was blue as well. But you could tell from stitching that it was... Um, Different, yeah. But it was a feature because on the away kit, the away kit was the exact same template. <laughs> it was neon pink with, with, but that feature was navy. But they'd obviously just double blues it on the own kit, mm-hmm. and then the um, obviously that that absolute elite level kit, that that vanilla and navy kit with the hooped socks, unbelievable. That was one of my shouts for the for the away kit. I think that year. Was one of our strongest like sets of like three kits. There was no bad ones in that. Like, all right, people might have thought the pink was a bit, you know, too much, or the, the home was a bit boring. But for me, that every kit that year was great. Mm. Yeah, for for me, for the best set of kits, I'd say the, and obviously it's associated with a good year as well. We got in the top four, the oh four oh five season was again. All three kits were just so less is more. Decent blue kit with just the the white sort of trim by the shoulders and then I'm pretty sure it was completely plain white away kit and black there kit I think and it was all of them were just subtle basically and I, I think that's like you say I think that's the way Everton kit should be mm. tell you what was banging do you remember I think it might have been that second year actually Martin oh it was Martin as his third year tell a lie 
the green third kit that we beat Southampton. I think it was three one or three nil away, and we never wore it again. <laughs> but, uh, we beat Redden in the cup. I, I'll tell a lie because I remember going to Redden. We beat Redden in the cup wearing that kit. It was absolutely gorgeous and it had like a black band on the gold, the khaki, like green and gold. Uh, no, not green and gold. It was like um, orange, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, orange highlights. Oh, that was splendid. So I, don't, I just remember the Chang logo being in like a gold or an orange. It was orange, yeah. You, you love that kit, so you bring that up every time kids get mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what else was, was class? And it, it's going to sound like I'm obsessed with this year, but like it's just brilliant. The same year, um, 14, 15, I think it was, uh, when we first went back with Umbro, the third kit, which was white and purple. Yeah. Like, it's now being probably known more as the Justin Bieber kit. <laughs> when um, Justin Bieber had a kickabout on Robert Ailes Private Island, owner of Planet Hollywood, he had a load of football kits and the, um, Ever- the Everton third kit with you know the white top with the purple detail and the purple shorts and the purple socks. Justin Bieber's just having a game of footy in a full Everton kit. It was the <laughs> most surreal thing, but I think that was one of the nicest kits we've had. I just have memories of Eto scoring those goals in that yeah. kit. Yeah, yeah. while wearing the number five. Yeah, definitely. Quality. Um, does we've had loads of decent ones that are like you know disappeared. Like I um, it depends on your taste though, doesn't it? Obviously, I, I absolutely hated the home kits from this particular season. Um, the one the Allardyce year, I hated the home kit, but that grey away kit with like the sort of design with the the tower on it a lot of people didn't like that because it was like two two or three tones of grey across the kit I didn't mm. mind that I wouldn't put it up there as one of my favourites but no I'll be honest of... I hated that one did you the, se- <laughs> no, the, the season the season yeah the season Mars those kits I feel like we're in danger now of every every season that we have like a good kit per se like the reputation of that kit depends on if we fucking turn up or not Oh, it went that my favourite kit, you know, being the home kit. When man is a second year, we were boss in Europe, and I was thinking, if we win a European trophy <laughs> in this kit, well, it's just like, please, like I always think, you know, if we get like a terrible kit, I always think, I hope we don't win something in that kit because it'll ruin it for me. <laughs> Not really, but like that's what I will say is that first Martinez season, the kits were, in my opinion, atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, not just the obviously, bag. obviously with the crap badge, but the the third kit from that year was the best of a bad bunch, like the sort of silver and navy. I still didn't like any of the kits, but the colours on that was were you know passable, so that made it not as bad. But the yellow and blue one and the the whole oh, kit, um, yeah. yeah. Now, again, I'm a massive advocate of yellow Everton away kits, but they absolutely destroyed that one. Too much, far too much. Again, good. like I say, less is more. I think. We haven't really had an all yellow away strip since again. I think it was ninety nine two thousand when I last remember an all yellow away kit. Possibly, yeah. I mean, we had sounds nineties, very nineties. In two thousand and four, we had um, it was the, we finished seventeenth and Rooney left in the summer. We had a yellow kit that year. It was a blue shorts. Uh, uh, that was a decent kit that in fact that whole season despite how rubbish the season was was another season full of good kits well we had um, we had Puma that way yeah it was Puma still then oh no tell the light it was Puma yeah you're right we had uh, like a baby blue kit as well 
We never ever once wore it. It was like a sky. It wasn't quite like city sky blue. Mm-hmm. It was like no, a top. I bought that kit. Well, uh, my dad bought me that kit, and he had I had Rooney on the back, obviously. Yeah. And like, that's all. That's all I can really remember about that kit. Like I say, I don't ever remember seeing us playing it. I don't think we did. But that that season, I always remember we had like a sort of sparkly glitter effect inside the Everton badge, and then never had it again, or even explain why we had it. That yeah, because you put it in the wash, and the bleeding, like the reef from the tower, would fall off. That's why. <laughs> but like we had, we had like it was just like. No reason for it. It was just like it felt the infills, like you know, on on Microsoft Paint, where you just fill a color into a shape. It was like someone had just done a glitter effect and just filled the Everton badge in. There was no explanation for it or anything. Yeah, strange. But um, again, it was that's another case of a, a decent set of kits being marred by a poor season. I know. So maybe we just need to have bad kits from now on. That's it. Yeah. No, but again, I think the uh, two thousand and four five season, like I say, all three of those were pretty solid. I think obviously we're now on the topic of worst kits. So, <laughs> what would be your worst kit, Terry? It's got to be the home one for uh, the Allardyce year. It's a shame that's what we're calling it now, but that sweat patches one with the with the umbro diamonds down the sleeve which were just like a darker tone of blue that was a bad kit that I yeah, hate and it, it just looked awful and it just it matched an awful season frankly I think, like, like I say before I'm a massive fan of the Umbro diamonds down the sleeve but if it, it has to be in white on a plain blue kit like the way we did it in 2000 that that one was horrific that 2016-17 season I'll be honest I actually bought the kit because I thought this is going to be the season when we take off here, and then and I got Sandro on the back as well, just to add insult to injury. <laughs> yeah, well, that that when I, I remember that kick coming out, like you know when it, it sort of drops on Twitter, someone photographs it somewhere, and someone just held it up, and it just looked like a training top immediately. And it was the first season we had Sport Pazer, so no one had seen that yet. And Sport Pazer was just a, some block white text and mm. no logo or nothing. nothing yeah, it, it was rubbish. <laughs> so the kit was awful. The sponsor looked really plain and bog standard. And it was just like, this just looks terrible. And um, honorary mention, I mean, it, people might not agree with me here, but this season's kit and the home kit, they are, I'm a big fan of the away kit. and the um, But the home kit, and the, away, this season's away kit and third kit, I think are great. But the home kit's poor. It's so lazy. Like training top. You are very training top to me. Yeah, you know what the the, the the sort of cross hatch design, but it's like this is meant to be Archibald Leach's crosses, and it looks nothing like it. <laughs> it, it just it just. It, but you've seen other Umbro kits this year, and just thought, couldn't you have done something like that for us? Yeah. Like even like look at Shelker's kit. Not 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 groundbreaking, but it's well better than ours. Yeah. Like doesn't got this sort of half fin again. If it's not symmetrical, I don't like it, and there's no symmetry in, in the pattern. Throws me head in. <laughs> so basically, make a really asymmetrical kit just to wind Terry up, basically. Doesn't have to be asymmetrical, just don't have like half finished patterns. But they're me, they're me two worst ones, how about you? Uh, what about you, Max? Let you go first. Do you know what? We were pretty successful wearing this kit, but I do not like the. Uh, I think it was the. 85, 86 one, and it really just basically cut it off at the at the torso of white. 
So it's like yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah. it's, it's third white before you even get into the blue. And uh, by uh, having obviously like conversations with the family and that apparently at the time that wasn't a hit with uh, people wearing that kit around them. But yeah, I've got to, as I say, I was I was really hyped up once we've announced we got the Nike partnership and then for them to turn in that sort of the. Um, not the not the original ones. I mean, I've I've got me qualms with the big fat cuffs on the sleeves, and I say I don't like them. But the season after that, where um, we changed our our badge for sort of graphic design purposes, um, and we were looking to really crack on as a brand, as it were, and those kits were just trash. It's it's worth remembering actually that Mike advised Everton to make it the whole one entity actually as well. It was part of their kit design. Ah, there you go. So yeah, I, I like the badge we've got now a lot. I think it's the best badge, you know, version of the badge yet. But you know, you can still do it and get it right. That that like one season badge was just awful. It's the only blemish on an otherwise brilliant season. That we should have kept, kept it if it meant we won the league. Well, yeah. What about you then, James? What's your worst kid? Interesting one, really. I mean, I was saying that '99-2000 kit was my favourite, and I think. My worst home kit say, either has to be one of the two that came either side of it. The 97 to 99 one, which had the sort of one-to-one yellow stripe in the middle. Yeah. And which, which was actually a strangely lighter blue than any other Everton kit I've seen. And then the Puma's first effort, which was like had the really, really white stripes down the side, like really big white stripes and made everyone look fat in it for some reason. Yeah. On the sub on the subject of, of a lighter blue and like too much white, that one under Lecoq Sportif where we had the the V. And the V like so it looked like a maternity top because like a seam like <laughs> over the chest. The, chest. And, and <laughs> the V the V was too long, it was a dead funny like, you know, shape. The kit didn't sit well on any of the players. Yeah. The V didn't like finish at a point, it sort of just squared off, didn't it, at the bottom? Yeah. Like a couple of years later with Umbro, we had an, you know, like another one with a small V. That was that, good. That looked great. It was like that's how you do it. If you're gonna you know, copy the V from the eighties, which I you know, I think's you know, I think it's a good idea, but that that Lecoq Sportif one, it was the wrong tone of blue for a kickoff. Mm. Ah, that that was one of our worst ones. I even had it and liked it at the time, but look back now and go, Oh, what was wrong with me? I liked yeah. it. Because um, obviously they did the um, I think under Lacoste Sportif we had a handful of sort of limited edition releases, and um, I remember that kit, it was the twenty fifth anniversary of the eighty four eighty five you know league and cup winners cup double one. So uh, I remember I remember getting that kit to wear, and then remember getting that kit in a box. It was like a birthday present with a sort of limited edition badges on it. But yeah, it was a it was a lighter tone of blue, and that. Yeah. Uh, Weird stop point, like not quite at your chest, not quite at your, uh, your yeah. belly. It was really odd. It just made it weird that it didn't finish as a V. It just like it was a V with like a squared off bottom. It was like, is that is that for real? Like, mm. and when you saw the, the Umbro attempt a couple, when you saw the Umbro attempt a couple of years later, and it was just so much more clean. And it was cool. nowhere. It was nowhere near bigger though, and I think that goes. I don't think you could pull off the the sort of very long. White V now. Yeah, true. Yeah, but the the small. I think that's an honorary mention for some of the nicer kits, though. The 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 Umbro version of that kit. I thought that was really nice. 
Looking back, actually, I think that entire season was full of decent kits. We had the green one, and then there was the white one with the sort of like hoops on the arms, which was strange, but I actually liked that. Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. It was like white with like grey hoops, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, but I thought it was all right myself. Yeah, it was all right. It was, uh, w- I wouldn't put it up there as one of the best, but it, in, a, in a list where there's a lot of bad ones, it's, it's not one of them. On the note of bad ones, what about bad away kits? We've had a fair few. Um, go ahead, Max. I'll let you go first. I'll have a thing. <laughs> I'm going to have a little nosy at our away kits. So I've got up like a, a history of our away kits now. Um, I'm I'm not a big like a, the was it the away or the third? I think it was the away one. As I say, with that that season with knife where they give us the weird sort of the stripes, and we did the uh, the international cup in in the US the yellow kit yeah the sort of really stand out bright blue and bright yellow um, yeah. I wasn't particularly into that but I've got to be honest with you mate I've not, I've not, I'm not a big detractor of our away kits as it were I'm quite a, a solid fan of them I don't think to, to be honest the ones I have the main complaints about are the, the sort of bright yellow ones I don't I don't think we belong in a sort of bright yellow kit to be fair no yeah. I agree I'm I'm a big fan of like the sort of dark, like the more like ambery colour, like the one like yeah. Teddy was on about from two thousand and four. I think they're the best. And that's the colour I think in Everton away should be. But I, I just thought that like like you say, that one was a bit too far. And I think the worst one for me has, again has to be the ninety seven, ninety-eight. With the again, it was once the first one to one season with it was yellow and just blue and black stripes down. It was absolutely horrific. Oh, uh, oh! I remember that we had it. We switched up the sponsors on that one, and we went from Danker to one to one. That was um, it, yeah. No, actually, I, uh, I've got a funny memory of a, a family friend who wrestles. He used to fucking come out in in that kit when he wrestled in Germany. With so, I think that just kit's quite funny. But yeah, I can understand why you don't like it. Yeah, it's pretty grim. What about you, Terry? Worst away kit. This won't be um, won't be well received by a lot of people. It's because a lot of people, for some reason, like this kit. But um, two thousand nine, ten. You you know the 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 year we had that big stupid V. The away yeah. kit. Yeah, it was black with pink stripes collared. Yeah. I did that. I thought that was an awful kit, but it was. Everyone else seems to like it. It was. Black with the pink stripes and the Chang logo was white. It just looked so mismatched for me. Mm. If the Chang was pink, I might have got on with it a lot more. But it just looked like a Las Vegas like club <laughs> sign. It was just <laughs> so strange looking. I wasn't I mean, a fan of that. Maybe I like Las Vegas clubs, but I like that kit. I think yeah, I think you've said that to me before that you like that kit. And most people do. Everyone I speak to likes that kit, but I I hated it. Wasn't yeah, it? It, it was the opening of the floodgates before we got the full neon pink washover wearing it. So, well, everyone yeah. everyone likes an amber or yellow Everton away kit, but I'm 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 not with them on that. I I'm one of them people. Um, I like a pink kit. I think Everton. <laughs> I think Everton having a pink away kit is is feels right. I mean, as long as the kit's nice, don't get me wrong, you can still make a bad kit, but I've wanted us to have a Palermo type um, kit. Oh, that'd be amazing. I love their kit. Like a pink top with black shorts and black sh- uh, socks to go against Everton's blue, white, white. I just think that'd be amazing. But we always, like, 
do pink with like you know flashes of navy like this year and and whatnot and it's never quite that same pink it's always like a sort of like half red half salmon you know i'd love us to have a palermo type kit but it's just not in the cards i don't think mm. i wouldn't mind to go on a, somewhere back to that sort of black watch kit with the with the sort of salmon pink and black you know yeah, yeah like a sash yeah, a bit like that, yeah. Bit like we've, we haven't had one like that, actually. Okay, it's haven't we? Who've, who've got one? Peru have got a sash like that on there. Peru, yeah. Yeah, but it's not, not common in a lot of kits that now, but uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that'd be popular if they made that. Yeah, well, let's hope, oh, well we're getting rid of one, bro, I think, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, let's, it's it's the worst kept secret on in heaven, Twitter now. We are, we're going to uh, Hummel, aren't we? So... Is it definitely Hummel or is it someone else? Yeah, it's Hummel. It's been spoke about a few places now. It's, we're going to Hummel. I uh, don't know when it'll be announced or what have you, but it, it's pretty much nailed on, isn't it? Well, hopefully, uh, I mean, I, I've saw a couple of their numbers this season, like Rangers and stuff. They they make their kits and they look pretty decent. So hopefully, if it is Hummel, then we'll... Um, get a slightly better effort than we've had the last couple of years because we've had a couple of weak efforts in a row now, haven't we? Fingers crossed. I mean, it's a proper lottery with, with Hummel. Sometimes they're unbelievable and sometimes they're just completely crazy. Like, they've got kits in South America that it's like the print of a tuxedo. And then, like... Oh, yeah. And then you see Rangers as ones, which are quite, you know, quite good. And, yeah, I I, I would hope they'd, you know, sort Everton out with a really nice, you know, like, classic-looking... Kit and not not crazy. I mean, maybe not a maybe not a tuxedo print, but go a little bit. You know, get a bit creative with the away kits, but like keep it classic with the home kits, please. Or not. Yeah, go crazy with the away kits. Do that one like the ad for. Did you see the one for CD Lugo in Spain, where yeah. like they were sponsored by Estrella Galicia, the beer, and it was like a pint. It was shaped like a pint with uh, like like amber up to the ear, with like a bit of a white head at the top. Oh no. And I thought, yeah, who wouldn't want the, the team's away kit to look like that? Oh, it sounds... Don't, it, don't frighten me. Yeah, I mean, if if you have to, like, pick sort of one Everton kit to erase from your memory, which one would it be? Probably that own kit from the Allardyce year. The Allardyce kit, yeah. Yeah. It was just awful. I think that's the first one. We've always had different opinions on this segment here, but I think that's the first one we can all agree on. I'm just happy to throw I threw mine. Do you remember when Sport Pezza did their kits for Africa? And as soon as they announced that, I just went right down there and threw my kit in there because I was like, I'm not, I'm not keeping this rubbish kit from this season where we've flopped, where I've got Sandro on the back of it. <laughs> like some, ki- some kid in Africa is now, now having a kick about in like a little village with a shirt with Sandro on the back. But you might never, ever, ever get a new sign on your shirt, so especially one who's new to the league because it's a death. I've given many players to kiss a debt with their shit, or either that or they've been sold in Rooney's case. Yeah. Well, Paul did that with Graveson. He said, hasn't he? Like, got Graveson on his shirt to warn him not to, and he wouldn't listen. And then he left like three weeks later. <laughs> Nightmare. It's just classic, though, isn't it? Yeah. But there you have it, guys. That's the end of the kit throwback. But for you guys listening to the podcast, it's time for the quiz. 
I'm trying to figure out who's who's going to be taking part in the quiz. I am quiz master for today, so it will be a toffee cage match of Everton Wit and Might between Max and James. So if we can just cue the intense quiz music, please. <laughs> Hi, Jerry. There it is, very intense. Uh, yes, so <laughs> this is If You Know Your History. Often the quiz that I lose to Max, but not today because I can't take part. And if you don't take part, you can't lose. <laughs> so it will be. That's life advice right there. <laughs> and we, are going... we are going to once again be doing a name the lineup type quiz. So the gentleman here will take turns naming the starting lineup from an Everton match of years past. I have not. I am not as prepared as Jerry, so I have nothing to flip. Please bear with. Yes, so I have, and Jerry will be really proud, I've got the lid of a beard barn to flip. Ooh. Jerry's always really uh, really interested in my beard, calls me the bearded one, doesn't he? So we're going to assume that the logo side up is heads, and the non-logo side is tails. So we're going to let... I'll let James call it, because Max is on this quiz a lot more often than James. I like that. Call it. Heads. It is indeed heads, so would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Fantastic. So, the game in question that we're going to be looking to name all the players, and you are you can include substitutes used, is from Saturday the 20th of February 2010, Everton versus Man United. So... I could have your first player, please. Did he argue the elector or pronounced absolutely perfectly? That is correct, and the Billy Letanov did play the game, scored a fantastic long distance goal. I could just add a small note here. Just that the Man United supporters were beginning to sing sign on at 1 0. He <laughs> an absolute rocket, and they all just singing it. Next player, please. Leon Osman. Leon Osman did, in fact, start the game. Next one, James, please. Dan Gosling. Dan Gosling was a substitute and was used. Came onto the pitch in the 17th minute for Dinyar Billy Latinov. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I'll round off the third goal scorer, Jack Rockwell. Jack Rodwell did indeed play. He came on for Stephen Pino and scored a goal that made me go on to profess to a Man United supporting friend of mine that he was going to be as good, if not better, than Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> oh, there you go. You go. So, shows oh. that wasted every single minute you've ever listened to me on the Toffee Blues because I know nothing. <laughs> hey, Terry, I've yeah. got one for you. Go on. Did Stephen Pino play? Stephen Pienaar did play and was the one who came off for Rockwell. Yeah, because you just told us. Did I? <laughs> this is why Jerry does it. Well, I will include one of the non-use substitutes then because I've just uh, dropped the bollocks so you can't have that one. I do apologise, Mr. Editor Man. Love it. I don't know, don't love it. You've got to use another player. 
I've got to another player now. But I'm, I'm letting you get away with it. You say one player on the bench who didn't come on because I've just given away a player. You can use it. But once that player's used, you can't use it again. Oh, I've got you. All right. Tim Howard. Tim Howard did indeed play. He didn't even need help from me with that one or anything. <laughs> Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta did, in fact, start the game. Next one. Hmm. Louis Sahar. Louis Sahar did indeed start the game. Max? Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines also started the game. Hold on, James. Sylvan Distan. Sylvan Distan did indeed start the game too. Well done. Johnny Heitinger. Johnny Heitinger did start the game also. Got a good Ooh. rally going on here. Phil Neville. Phil Neville did indeed start the game. Another good day. Another good, another good uh, answer, James. Well, what positions have we had on the pitch? We got the back line entirely. We got the back four, the keeper. We got the striker. Let me see her. Landon Donovan. That was when he was on loan with us. The kit. I don't know. See, we're talking about kits. Got me associating with players now. The, uh, the 85 uh, sort of reproduction, Landon Donovan, that was his, uh, his first stint at Evan. Landon Donovan did start the game, so we've now had the whole lineup and the um, the two substitutes that we used. So, James, you can get someone who was on the bench but didn't play. Ooh. All of a sudden, I realised how small that squad was. Yeah, I was thinking that. Who else did we have around that side? Who's the other striker? Uh, Yakubu. Yakubu was in fact on the bench, so we now need a tiebreaker. But we can't use the goal scorers because we've already mentioned them <laughs> just in passing as we've been uh, discussing it. So, how do you like the sound of naming the Man United team? Oh, okay. Oh, really well, changing up. Really. Go on. So, um, is Max, it my goal? Yeah, Max first. A scorer for Man United, Dimitar Berbatov. Dimitar Berbatov did start the game and indeed score. I think the assist for Berbatov was Antonio Valencia. Antonio Valencia did start the game. Rooney. Rooney, of course, did start the game. Yeah. Patrice Evra. Patrice Evra did start the game. Don't get all this team, because I won't know what to do for a second tiebreaker. Go on. Edwin van der Sar. Van der Sar did start the game. Vidic. Manu Vidic on the bench but not used. Oh, oh. And we have oh, the you uh, sub. We'll take some Tim Pop player over. Did it? He 
Should we carry on the rest of the team or should we just tell you who you didn't get? I mean, we could guess still fail, I suppose. My, yeah, why not, yeah. Um, oh, who's my next guess want to be? Michael Carrick. Carrick did start. Okay. Nanny. Nanny did not play. Okay. Is that it? We done or? Yeah, we'll say it's done. You'll have to tell me the rest of that starting eleven now, though, because I'm yeah. going to kick myself. Yeah, Gary Neville, um, the two centre backs were Wes Brown and Johnny Evans. He picked them over Visage. I know. G Sung Park played uh, Darren Fletcher alongside Carrick, um, and the substitutes because that was the whole lineup. The substitutes were Obertan, Michael Owen, and Paul Scholes. Solid. So that leaves uh, Max as the winner of a very very close fought. Uh, quiz, well done, I, Max. I remember that game because after Billy sunk that one in, the, the fella next to me started crying. He's saying, I've had a dead tough week. I'm just made up that we're playing well. Oh, <laughs> that's that. I'll never forget that. It was so Don't good. But Amy could be listening. I hope he's having a good week this, this time around, years later. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, to claim your prize, what is your what is your song of choice to see right, after the end of the Let me get the tunes up. Get the tunes blaring. We'll get the tunes blaring. Um, we'll go for <laughs> Danny California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Danny California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And would you like to tell us a little bit about the song as to why? Um, just Red Hot Chili Peppers, isn't it? Like, probably my favourite rock band. Um, I've read on your key, this is book, Scar Tissue, Boss Book, I would recommend if you like listening to like people who do bad shit during acid trips, then I'd highly recommend it. Um, I think Dali, Dali, Danny California, sorry if I'm not wrong, is like an imaginary friend of Anthony Kiedis. I think he's like a fit, it's a figment of his imagination. If I'm not wrong, I remember reading that. I don't know whether it was in the book or elsewhere, but it's like this girl that he's made up. It's like idealised and perfect, I think. And it's probably my favourite song off Stadium Arcadium anyway. So that's my reason for selection. It's a tune and a half. Right, really? So, um... Even though I'm not the host of the whole podcast, I have been hosting the quiz. So I'll, uh, as the people are listening to tunes of Red Hot Chili Peppers back in California, I'll say thanks both guys for being on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Some really good segments uh, oh, okay. uh, this evening. And yeah, take care of yourselves. Uh, and you know, take care of everyone else listening as well. Take care of yourselves as well. It's a hard time. Everyone's going through at the minute, but. Uh, and we will get through this together. So, Max, see you later. Nice talking to you guys. Go after yourselves. Take care. James, take it easy, mate. And you guys, stay safe. You know what to do. Alright. Brilliant. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, wash your hands. Stay safe. <laughs> wash your hands. Don't panic, mate.
to Minnesota. No 